This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Welcome to the program, Warning. Today, Dr. Hansen is sharing his message where he spoke for Apostle Reuben Esch at Beacon of Truth Ministries Church in Garnett, Kansas on July 16, 2023. We ask that you bear with the minor audio issues in this recording, but the message is too valuable not to share. Dr. Hansen's message that he shared is guarding the sheep. Now, let's begin. Father God, we want to thank you for your word now. Let it go forth to do its life-changing work. Your word is life, dear God. As we eat your flesh and drink your blood, we inhale We appropriate everything that is in the Word of God. We live by it daily. And by your blood, we have eternal life. By your blood, dear God, as we appropriate it, dear God, we receive our healings because you had no genetic defect. That's why only you could forgive sins. Only you, dear God, can heal, deliver, sanctify. And we represent you as your vessels on earth to execute, dear God, your righteousness, and to execute, dear God, your promises. So let us, dear God, go forth with power and authority. Let each person in this room understand who they are in Jesus Christ, what authority they have, and also what authority they do not have. So we don't get ourselves in trouble doing what only angels can do, only the heavenly hosts can do. Because for this reason, some are needlessly subjected to demonic activity as they don't understand the word of God and overstep their bounds. Now, continue to be with us today. Let this church be a powerful church in this community as it is already bearing witness. Already, dear God, a beacon of truth, a beacon of light. And let it only increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I just finished seven messages that we put on radio, television, I taught in our chapel where we have a service for World Ministries International staff and their family. Seven messages. And I just thought I would name the messages. One, I did one on demons. Two, demons are organized. Three, can Christians have demons? Four, the etiology of demons in people. Five, Mediums, charms, fortune-telling, etc. Six, Leviathan and marine spirits. Seven, marine spirits, the movie Avatar in Hinduism. Now you could look up 
those teachings, those messages at worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. We're on radio and television seven days a week. But we are coming under attack like never before. And probably because America is, what should I say, backslidden, lukewarm, like never before. Like never before. We are becoming the dark continent. Europe is certainly the dark continent. Make no mistake about it, if you understand eschatology. But we are becoming also the dark continent. Our churches are more ignorant than they've ever been in the history of the United States of America. Churches that used to be founded on, on Pentecost, the power of God, the baptism, healing, casting out demons, many of them now are ashamed to speak those things. Instead of casting out demons, they send them to a counselor. You're not going to counsel a demon. You're not going to medicate a demon. The person will pacify, but that demon is still there. Many times Christians open their lives up to demonic attack as well as sicknesses and diseases. If a person says, you know, a demon can't enter a Christian, then never, neither can you get sick because it all goes into the body. Do you have a glorified body? No, you don't. I look around. Your body's not glorified. Mine's not glorified. I've been coming in and out of the church for a long time. I seem to be aging. <laughs> and I look around at, at you. Now, I know all of you look beautiful, and, and the guys look handsome, and, but I seem to be aging because my body's not glorified. Now I believe we can move with revival, and I do move with revival. The Holy Spirit is in me. It's activated. You know, Jesus is ready for revival. People say, send a revival. The revival is here. It moves in you. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, amen? amen. We can activate revival everywhere we go. We can see revival everywhere we go. The point is, will it maintain, or when we withdraw, does it stop? Because the people have to be filled with that revival, that Holy Spirit. I know without the Holy Spirit, I am literally nothing. I don't have a ministry. Because I depend on the Holy Spirit. I depend on representing Jesus Christ and speaking what he tells me to say. You know, Revelation 9, 1 through 12, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to preach out of it. But I do want to just mention it. It's the fifth trumpet. And it talks about plague of demons out of the abyss, bottomless pit, to torment men for five months. You say, wow, we've really seen demonic activity. It's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Now, there are sheep nations and goat nations. Right now, we are not a sheep nation. Judgment is coming on America. Revelation 9, 13 through 21. A plague of demons out of the abyss to slay a third of men on earth. Did you hear? To slay, to kill. This thing is going to get bad. It's going to get messy. It's going to get deadly. Yet if you're under the blood, you don't have to be afraid. Like the plagues that came against that superpower Egypt. Yet if you stayed and followed the word of God through Moses, the death angel did not strike you, neither did the other plagues. 
We need to be under the blood like never before in our lives. Amen? Amen. Because I'm telling you, untold trouble is coming. Untold trouble. It's coming. Christians. Again, I'm not speaking on this, but I think it's worth listening to just a moment. You know, we need to review our life to see where possible mnemonic activity, and I'm sure Pastor Esh has spoken on it. Yet I think sometimes repetition is good because sometimes just like parents, you can say the same thing a thousand times. You get somebody else and all of a sudden, wow, it's like they never heard it before. Isn't that what happens? It does. I pastored five churches and it seems like that's what happens. But we need to look at our family history, you know, the religious history of parents and grandparents, home life from childhood through high school, history of physical and emotional illness in the family, adoption, foster care guardians, personal history, eating habits, compulsive eating, anorexia, bulimia, addiction, smoking, drugs, alcohol, gambling, prescription medication, for what? Sleeping patterns, dreams and nightmares, rape or any other sexual, physical, mental or emotional abuse. Thoughts of life of obsessive, blasphemous, condemning and distracting thoughts or poor concentration, fantasy, suicidal, fearful, jealous, confused, guilt and shame. Mental interference during church, prayer or Bible study. Some people just can't read their Bible and they fall asleep. They sit there in church and they fall asleep. Are we together? That's not normal. Especially if you say, I love Jesus Christ. Man, your ears should be wide open. Your eyes should be alert. You should be inhaling the word of God. Emotional life. Now, this is very important. Anger, anxiety, depression, bitterness, and fear. Okay, God puts emotions in us for a protection but when you go beyond what's normal, so, you know, you're careful. You don't want to get in a car accident. Uh, you're careful. But when you go beyond and have unhealthy fear, that's a lack of trust in God. Instead of applying the word of God in your life to lead and guide you, where you have perfect peace in the middle of a storm, instead, you're driven. Now, listen to me. I've cast a lot of spirits out of people in churches that have, again, unhealthy anger, anxiety, depression, bitterness, and fear, worry. Beyond the normal, where it's compulsive, where it's driving them. You know, people get in arguments, but do you say some innocent thing and the other person, my goodness, they just beat you down by hours or days? When it was an innocent comment? Can we instantly forgive or not? Why am I mentioning this a little bit longer? Because these are things that Christians in churches, they should not have a problem, but they do. And it creates schisms and sometimes splits and problems. Anywhere from a relationship in marriage to a church to a business can we forgive? Literally forgive? 
Or do you like vengeance and just beat it over that person's head for a long time? I'm telling you, you're opening yourself up to demonic attack. You know, like Pastor Esh said, every promise has a condition. If, 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 if. They're there, but not if you walk in sin. They're not there for you. Then the other promises are there for you, including judgment, including opening the doors for demonic activity. Spiritual journey, salvation, when, how, assurance, any traumatic experiences, on and on. I could go a lot deeper into this non-Christian spiritual experience checklist, but I want to stop there and move on. But hopefully, again, those things of emotions, in psychology they call them psychosomatic diseases, which contribute, some psychologists and psychiatrists even say up to 100% of our physical diseases. I don't believe it's that high, but the point is it causes us problems. It opens up the door to demonic activity, including a spirit of infirmity or death. So we need to control our emotions. In other words, we need to just activate living by the word of God, which is faith. Faith is just living by the word of God. It's not living by feelings. You're mad. You don't live by feelings. You forgive. What are the four R's? The church, the mission, restoration of the church. I believe we need to restore the church to the mission and method of the way Jesus and the apostles led it. We need to get back to the basics of reality of a healthy church. Reconciliation between ethnic leaders and churches. There is no racism in heaven. I can tell you stories of people that have gone to heaven and come back. What they saw. How one person said, oh, that marvelous black man. Do you know that person, Lord? No, I don't know that person. Why? Because I don't see a black man. I don't see skin color. All I see is people under the blood. Are we there? Are we there? People have a problem with this. I believe that's why Jesus came born as a Jew because the Jews many times with many people are the most hated group of people on the face of the earth. Well, if you're going to love your Lord and Savior, you better not have racism in you. He was a born a Jew. And we're not supposed to see skin color either. This is not supposed to be in our eyesight. Revive the church to expand kingdom influence. We need to be ruling the nations. We need to be actively engaged. We need to be ambassadors. When Jesus ascended, he gave you and I that responsibility to be my ambassador, to bring peace to the nations, to disciple the nations, to rule, to reign, to occupy, to take dominion. People want to just pray Jesus, come back and save America. It's not going to happen. He hasn't saved any nation. He comes back at the Battle of Armageddon, remove evil governments, puts in righteous leaders. That's when he saves the nations. If you're going to have peace in your nation, you're going to bring it as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Yes, we release heavenly hosts to battle demonic forces and then we battle evil men with the truth. The truth way deception. Prayer brings conviction. Men have a choice to be led by the Spirit of God or evil spirits. And it's up to you. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. Prayer alone is not going to save America. It's not going to happen. It has happened in no nation around the world.
I could tell you nation after nation after nation after nation where millions of Christians have gone in prison and died. And prayer didn't save them. They weren't raptured. Jesus said, I'll be with you in the storm. I can give you again the testimonies of people, just like in Fox's Book of Martyrs. Fearless people, ready to meet the Lord because they understood their destiny, eternal life, and just worshiped God as they were dying. That God was counting them worthy to be promoted. We need to understand that many times we have built an American theology that's not in Scripture. Reformation of society and the discipling of nations. That's what we're all about. That's what this church is about. That's what I'm all about. Tulsi Gabbard, Democratic member of the United States House of Representatives, said this statement why she was leaving the Democratic Party. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elite cabal of warmongers driven by a cowardly wokeness who divide us by rationalizing and racializing every issue and stroke against white people. They actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms, enshrine in our constitution, are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans. They believe in open borders, weaponize the national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. That was a Democrat leader in the House of Representatives, United States, Congress. Former FBI Chief Ted Gunderson. He exposes the hidden truth of who controls our government. I personally investigated the Oklahoma City bombing case. He said it's a huge cover-up. Again, this is the former FBI chief. Now, the FBI, the CIA right now are corrupt. The DOJ, Department of Justice, is corrupt. Most of you know my background is law enforcement. Criminal justice, SWAT team, president of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers over every branch of law enforcement. That's my background. Before full-time ministry, where now I have a couple... Masters in theology and divinity and three doctorates. But we are in trouble today. They're trying to topple the Republic of the United States of America. That's exactly what is going on. This is a communist takeover. If the church doesn't understand it, it's all over. I shared two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago now, at the Republican conference in Washington State, because most of their people going through want to be on my program because they get a 20% bump in the polls if they're on my programs. I've been on radio over there in over 20 years, and, and so they would like to be on my programs. I only have them on if they're solid men or women of God. But the sad thing is the Republicans have accepted homosexuality. Now, not at the grassroots sometimes, and I'm sure that's who got me to speak, and I opened it up praying for the, hopefully, the next governor of Washington State. And uh, he said he's never felt a prayer like that. It was really apostolic. It sort of shook the place, set the tone for the two days of conference. And then I spoke. I said, guys, we can put every single one of you in office. We can put Trump back in the White House. We can control Congress and the Senate and the Supreme Court. 
But yet, if you don't understand sins that bring judgment on a nation, this nation is coming under judgment anyway, and millions are going to die. We can delay the toppling of the republic, but judgment is going to fall. I said, you, I've listened to you for two days, and you have accepted homosexuality. Do you understand that's a curse on a nation? And a nation that accepts it as legalism falls under judgment itself? And I mean the room is dead quiet. 1973 was a crime. As a homosexual, sodomy was a crime. I would arrest you and put you in prison. President Thomas Jefferson authorized a law for castration for homosexuals. Castration for a homosexual. Most of the states authorized the death penalty. And I read the states. How can they get mad at me? I'm just reading history. Other states, life imprisonment. I said, how have we come so far against the morality of God in a few years where now you condone it? So even if we put you in and I'm going to try, all we're going to do is stop the toppling of the republic a little longer. This nation's coming under judgment. Again, back to Ted Gunderson, former FBI agent, recognizes where this is in a lawless state in America right now. Jack Kennedy's assassination, a huge cover-up. Bobby Kennedy's assassination, a huge cover-up. World Trade Center, a huge cover-up. Terrorism, they're using it as an excuse to take away our constitutional rights and our civil liberties. The Bilderbergs, Illuminati, New World Order globalists are elements behind this that dovetail into the satanic movement, and this movement has infiltrated into our intelligence community, that once great FBI and CIA. I mean, we know, you know, if you're, if you're watching independent news, this nation is totally corrupt. Trump didn't legally lose. That was nothing but a total stealing of an election like a banana republic. Biden couldn't fill up a McDonald's and Trump was filling up stadiums. Come on, you know it, amen? Guarding the sheep. I want to talk about that, guarding the sheep. Now, this was passed out. If you did not get one in your adult or a young adult or teenager, you should get one inside as a brochure and a couple articles. My friend Jeff over there. Jeff, how you doing? I'll tell you what, Jeff is quite a hunter. I call him the turkey man. That's, that, that's a term of endearment because, uh, you, know, I, you know, he's a great hunter. And I, I've watched him on Facebook and is out, you know, he, he gets all decked out and, and, and so the turkey can't see him. And, boy, he gets his turkey every time. Or his deer or elk or whatever. Good fisherman, too. But that's a good point to make. See, we got to know our enemy. Are we there? We got to know our enemy if we want to defeat him. And the problem with the church is they don't seem to know their enemy. If you don't know your enemy, you can't defeat your enemy. If you can't defeat your enemy, your enemy plagues you. And in some states, like here, where they're trying to topple America, not only will they defeat you, they'll take away your rights and imprison you. I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to wake you up. I was invited, I told you, at Jerry Jones, who owns the Dallas Cowboys, very good entrepreneur, very wealthy man. But I was invited to his executive 
he has a building separate from the stadium, but it's a, a, like a small stadium and practice fields and everything. And, and there were bankers and scientists and uh, even Trump advisors, personal advisors. And they had me share. You know, only God can get you before these people. And so I opened my mouth after I laid hands on myself and prayed. And I just shared, just like I did here. And I shared with passion. Because there's, you know, bankers, CEOs, everything. I said, guys, you know, I know. Only I said it with a lot more intensity. Just about preaching at them. This is a communist takeover. You know it, and I know it. They're trying to have a great reset. They're trying to topple the republic, move us into a new world order. The only thing that's going to stop it is the church to rise up. We need another great awakening. We can put everybody back in that are conservative. We can put Trump back in, and I'm all for Donald Trump. But he's not going to stop judgment on America. Unless Donald Trump leads to repentance against homosexuality and other sins of abomination. This nation, even though we delay the toppling of the republic, this nation is coming under judgment. And I'm warning you now, millions are going to die. This is not a pastor's thing. They had me speak that afternoon. Two of Donald Trump's personal advisors said, what would you do, Dr. Hansen, if you were in front of Donald Trump? I said, I would tell him the same message I just told you. We'll get you in front of him. He needs to hear it. Obviously, they were Christians. He had a lot of Christians around him the first time, but how many true men and women of God, how many true apostles and prophets that spoke the truth into his ears? You tell me. Or did they just want a photo op with Donald Trump? Oh, I pray for the president. It doesn't matter if you don't speak the truth, if you allow him to continue in his sins and the deception of what brings judgment on a nation, then what good are you? What good are you to be around the president? You can't speak the truth. What good are you? He doesn't need another, a lot of yes men. He needs the truth. Amen? He needs a man of God that will speak the truth. We're going to get into guarding the sheep because this is a passion of our Lord and Savior. This was a passion of Paul because the foundations are being destroyed. The foundations that made America great are being destroyed. Our morality, our laws was used in the courtrooms for justice and ethics. That's what the laws came from, the Bible. But our foundations are being destroyed. They say we're not a Christian nation. We were a Christian nation. And I could go into Supreme Court after Supreme Court decision. I could go into president after president. This nation is only meant to be run by Christians. That's what they said. Even the Supreme Court said it at one time. They're removing God out of the equation. This is a direct attack on God himself, LGBTQ. It's a direct attack on God. The family unit represents the government of God. This is a direct attack on God himself. The foundations are being destroyed in America. And if a foundation on any business, any building is destroyed, it collapses. And they're trying to collapse the republic Republic, a nation under God. They're trying to collapse it and move us into the new world order. Did you know that only 12% of youth pastors have a biblical worldview? 
5%. What are they teaching then to the youth? Alternate lifestyle? 88% of youth pastors don't have a biblical worldview. Are we together? Again, you're fortunate you come to this church. Who's the pastor over the youth right now? Okay, good. Man and woman, husband and wife. I do not believe that singles should be in charge of the youth. I could tell you too many horror stories. Horror I could tell you by the hours of trouble that a single person has got himself in. 12% have a biblical worldview. The emergent church teaches that the Bible is evolving. They teach that Jesus is not against homosexuality and other sins condemned in Scripture because Scripture is evolving. These are major teachers and pastors. The emergent church that the Bible's evolving. That's not what I was taught. God doesn't evolve. God's system of morality and ethics is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're supposed to transform society into God's culture, but they're transforming us into theirs. And I won't get into, again, too much of the Federal Council of Churches. That's a Marxist covering over the mainline churches. The Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Evangel Lutheran, United Methodist, and others that nullify sin, that support homosexuality and abortion, that brings drag queens into the churches now, that votes obviously for Biden. They're under the Federal Council of Churches, that's a communist covering. I think the church needs to be educated who our enemies are. Half of the church needs to be born again. Now, there are good people attending it. I've had good people come up to me and say, why is my pastor so liberal? Why does he back homosexuality? I said, do you understand that you're attending a church that's under the Federal Council of Churches, which is a communist covering? No, no. I said, that's why he backs it. So there's good people attending it. They don't understand what covering they're under. The foundations are being destroyed. Paul was on his way to Jerusalem in Acts 20. He made a stop at Ephesus. There he called a special meeting of all the leaders of the church. He told them, the Ephesian believers, solemnly. You can see it in Acts 20, 25. This is the last time I'll see you, and this will be my final message to you. You're not going to see my face after this. Then Paul delivered his last message to the Ephesians. He told them, I've been with you before and you know what I stand for. I have served with you humbly and with tears. I've preached in your church and from house to house. I've done it all under great trials and persecution. And I have kept nothing back from you. Then with tears he gave them this sober warning. For three years now I have warned you night and day with tears about what I am coming to the church when I'm gone. Now I want you to hear this warning one more time. Again, that's Acts 20, 31. What did Paul see coming? What so grieved him that he would spend three years weeping over the church? What coming tragedy had he warned them about so many times, both publicly and privately in their church 
and in their homes. What issue could shake this praying holy man so deeply? Paul's concern was not an outbreak of lust or adultery, divorce or drunkenness. His warnings weren't about coming persecution from society or government restrictions on them. He didn't warn about an outbreak, again, of these type of sexual sins or moral decay or unemployment or poverty or terrorism or wars. In short, Paul's warning weren't about the chaos going on outside the church doors. No, Paul was grieved over what he saw coming inside the walls of the church. So we need to understand 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, we are always and have always been the solution to a nation. We've always led the nation until recently. We've always protected the nation until recently. Now we're becoming part of the nation's immorality. Because we're not filled any longer with the Holy Spirit, so many of our churches. They're engaging every type of sin and immorality or wrong emotional lifestyles. And they're wondering why they're deceived. They're wondering why they're attacked. They're wondering why this scripture doesn't work for me. But as Apostle Esh said, there's a condition to it. And it won't work for you if you're engaged in these things. He warned the Ephesians about what he foresaw coming upon the ministry, upon shepherds in particular. And those warnings were about destruction to come at the hands of deceivers who would flood into the church. In his final message, Paul's mind was not on church growth or pastors, personal struggles or believers' trials and temptations. No. Paul's deep heart cry was, you pastors, you shepherds, take heed. Be on guard for yourselves and for your people. The Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Acts 20, 28. In other words, you overseers, you bishops, you leaders, feed your flocks. Prepare them. Fill them with God's pure word. Savage wolves and deceivers are coming, and they're going to take aim at the weak sheep. Paul was crying. My heart is breaking. I was in a conference in Oklahoma City just a few days ago. I went to Ada, Oklahoma at one time to meet with the president of the Independent Assemblies. He says, and we're about the same age. I might be a year older. Why are you going so hard, Dr. Hansen? Like he knew last year, I went six weeks. And I'm on a trip again over weeks. Why are you pushing yourself so hard? I said, because we're in trouble. We're losing America. I've got children. I've got grandchildren. You've got children. Do you understand what's going on? The church is not awakened. Only the church can stop this takeover. Only the church can prevent judgment. And the church is asleep. The church is asleep. There are few men and women of God righteously, unashamedly, boldly speaking the truth. Most of them are intimidated. They're browbeat. They're censored. I lost my YouTube channel a few years ago. I'm on it again with an alias, but uh, now there's only vanilla stuff on it. I do have 40 other podcasts and social media and television and channels and paid channels, but they yanked me off. Just boom. They violated everything they said they believed in. 
you know, three strikes and you're out. You get an appeal. I got nothing. I said, what about my appeal? What about three strikes? This is COVID. You get nothing. I said, COVID, this is censorship. This is nothing but communism. Then I went on television and called them out. They were censoring me. Because I exposed the corruption in the, in the elections. I exposed, again, COVID vaccinations unnecessary, what was in them. And boy, they yanked me off so fast. I lost thousands and thousands and thousands of programs and subscribers. Took years to build up. But it just got me more righteously angry. And I went on an attack. And boy, we are way bigger now. Fine, YouTube. I'll come right at you. So I, I did. An M. For I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch, Acts 20, 29 through 31. This was Paul's great concern inside the church. Because if the church is not healthy inside, you cannot help outside. You can't help anybody. You got to help yourselves. Paul pointed out to them, right now, you are a blessed church. You're a faithful people, a powerful body of believers. You have a strong foundation. Christ also would later say this about the Ephesians in Revelation. He told them, you're patient and fruitful. You don't put up with evil and you expose all false preachers. Yet according to Paul, as blessed as you are, your church won't be spared unless you heed my warning. You're going to see an ungodly, perverse ministry arise and make merchandise of the flock. You know, I could give countless examples of merchandising off the flock, off bad prosperity messages, etc., etc. Merchandising off the flock. Christ gave the Ephesians the same warning in Revelation 2. You've left your first love. Repent lest I take away your lampstand, your glowing witness to the world. You know, this is always a warning to all of us. It's, it's a warning to me. It's a warning to all of us. How did the Ephesian believers lose their first love? How does any church become dead? Clearly, it was because their pastor and leaders weren't guarding the sheep. They weren't careful. They let wolves have access to the flock. When those wolves came in, they devoured the sheep, not sparing them. That's why Apostle Esh is careful. Because he loves you tremendously. In short, a perverted gospel infiltrated the church and error was taught. Soon pure-hearted believers were led astray to horrible deception. For years, this faithful church had been careful to judge what was the gospel and what was of the flesh. But now those same believers were led into an easy gospel that appeased the flesh and they were drawn away from Christ. Today, Paul is gone and the wolves and perverseness have come in. These wolves and the perverse have invaded the house of God. They're deceiving pastors and congregations all over the world. Everywhere I travel, I see perverse preachers splitting up flocks and scattering the sheep everywhere. Again, if I had time, I could give you countless examples, including how God supernaturally exposes them. You saw me meeting with leaders 
I meet with them through prophecy or word of knowledge. God exposes sin a lot. One whole denomination, I was sitting in the executive pastors in Uganda. I said, sir, you're guilty of adultery. He was leading his executive bishops. You're guilty of adultery. You're guilty of theft. You've misappropriated $15,000. And unless you repent right now, a spirit of suicide is going to come upon you. You're going to kill yourself. He pulled out three bottles of poison. He screamed demonically. He said, if you had not come to this meeting, I would have drunk the poison after this business session and killed myself because I can't stand the torment of the demons any longer. This was the head of a major denomination in Uganda. And their headquarters here has a 45-page typewritten report on the incident. He was having an affair, an adulterous affair with two prostitutes in Kampala, Uganda. I would like to say this is isolated, but it's not. We just don't have time to get into a lot more examples. Jesus warned of their coming. Matthew 7, 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. According to Christ, greedy preachers and teachers will come dressed as God's sheep. They will appear as angels of light, and they've come to deceive even the elect if possible. 90% of what they say sounds like true gospel, but they're using God's word as a cloak for their deception. The prophet Ezekiel speaks of these wolves in Ezekiel 22, verse 25, 27, and 29. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravishing, ravening the prey. They have devoured souls, they have taken the treasure and precious things. They are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and destroy souls. To get dishonest gain, they have vexed the poor and the needy. This is everywhere. I knew David Wilkerson personally. Many times, like Apostle Ish, he would be writing an article in New York, I'd be writing an article in Washington State, and we wrote the same article different ways, but it was the same message. He invited me to New York at one time. Because it's the same Holy Spirit. But this is what David said, and I love David Wilkerson. Show me a priest who never exposes sin, who doesn't show people the difference between the holy and the profane who doesn't mention repentance or judgment, but instead says God wants to make you rich and prosperous, and I'll call such a man what he is. He is a wolf. And he has substituted the cross for cash. You know, David Wilkerson was loved or hated. Did you know that? Now, when he was a pure evangelist, run, baby, run, you know, Nicky Cruz, everybody loved him. But boy, when God used him now as a prophet or a watchman like he used to like to call himself, it was a different story. He really was straight. But he would cry because he loved the church. He tried to protect the bride like Paul from raving, ravishing wolves that are tearing the church apart all across America and unfortunately taking their pollution across the world on TBN, etc. Are you there? Are we together? Taking their pollution around the world. A messed up gospel. 
Let me describe a modern-day wolf. The man I'm thinking of is one of the better-known prosperity preachers in America. A few weeks ago, this was his message. You have heard about the coming of Jesus. You've heard he can return at any time. I tell you, that's impossible. He can't come until you're prospering, until you get your nice car, until you have your dream house. He simply can't come until then. This is taken down verbatim. I recently watched a video sent to me, a prosperity conference. Here was the theology stated at the conference. Find the most prosperous preacher you know of and give him money. The blessings on him will flow to you. One prosperity pastor stood up on the platform and described his cars, his plane, his house, his diamonds, a dog he bought for $15,000. He declared, I'm going to build a house that Solomon would be proud of. Then when the people in my city see my mansion, my Rolls Royce, they'll know there's a God in heaven. Are you hearing me? This is what he boasted about. I mean, this turns my stomach. It makes me sick. Naive people who flood him with money make him rich, and they're suffering. Unfortunately, that kind of polluted message is going around the world, in Africa and everywhere. As he spoke, people walked up and stuffed money in his pocket. Others filed forward and laid money on the stage. Still others threw money toward him. Then a song started titled, Run for the Money. Some fell prostrate while others ran about the auditorium singing, Run for the money. How can Bible-believing pastors and Christians be so deceived? Because they don't know the Word of God. If they knew the Word of God, they would know this is heresy. They would know this is a false prophet, false apostle, false pastor, prosperity teacher. I believe in prosperity under God's definition. But I don't believe in greed and gluttony and lies. They never touch on sin. If you don't touch on sin, that's what separates you from God. They don't touch on judgment. Just motivational speaking to get money out of you. Their focus is totally on self, material things, on the good life, not the holy life. The prophet Jeremiah described the wolves who come into the church bearing the deception their houses are full of deceit. Therefore, they become great and waxen rich. They are waxen fat. They shine with sleekness. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper in the right of the needy. Do they not judge? Shall I not visit, punish those things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. My people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? Jeremiah 5, 27 through 31. According to Jeremiah, those wolves build their fortunes on the back of the poor and the needy. One prominent evangelist is selling healing for cancer for $1,000. $500, a person can come forward and receive prayer for any kind of malady. But prayer for cancer costs $1,000. Let me tell you, it's all stench in God's nostrils. It's all stench. And those very preachers and pastors are going to be judged. Years ago, I was speaking in a large church, and uh, 
two angels walked in the back. They were writing down everything I was saying. People's eyes opened. Some saw the angels, and all of a sudden, people were all over the place, prostrate, for six hours. I went home that night when the service was over. I said, Lord, why did you send your angels? And he said, my angels are always there in every church. And they're recording what the person behind the pulpit is saying. And on judgment day, my angels are going to read as witnesses the words that that person said behind the pulpit. And either they'll vindicate him, well done, or condemn him with his own words, depart from me. I have never forgot that. Never. Well done. Enter in or depart from me, you doer of iniquity. These are pastors. And some of the more famous televangelists are going to be depart from me. You doer of iniquity. You haven't enjoyed your wealth you built twisting the word of God. My words, raping my people, depart from me. In the back, I have a book called The Science of Judgment, The Rise and Fall of Nations. It goes into the cup of iniquity for a nation, for a person. We all have a cup of iniquity. And when it reaches its brim, it starts to boil over. First for repentive purposes and then for utter destruction. Nineveh avoided destruction for a hundred years when they repented. The rise and fall of nations. Why do they rise? Why do they fall? It's according to the cup of iniquity. The day is coming. He'll say to the wolves, enough. You'll no longer rob the widow. You won't turn the blood of my son into a credit card to satisfy your lust. You'll no longer be allowed to go into the world and preach a materialistic Christ. I'm going to bankrupt and expose every wolf in sheep's clothing. Very soon, the money flowing into you will dry up completely. Who do the wolves go after? They prey on the weak, underfed sheep. They seek out those who don't know their Bible and are caught up in a self-centered gospel. That's why Paul's warning is crystal clear. Pastors and leaders, guard yourselves. Guard the flock. You've been called to oversee, to feed the church of God. We shepherds are commanded to fill the flock with the pure word of God. Only then will they be able to discern what is holy and what is the wolf. Everywhere I go, I never worry. I don't focus on being invited back or the love offering or anything else. I focus on just the truth because I'm going to be held accountable if I'm preparing the bride of Christ or not. Are they ready to meet the Lord? Can they fight what's coming upon them? Do they recognize their enemy attacking from without and even within? Do they recognize the wolf? Do they recognize how they have diseases that are open to come upon them or spirits? Have we truly protected our flock, guided them, directed them, equipped them to be effective? As you know me, I've come here a lot. I think you'll admit I've always just spoken the pure word of God. 
not for any motive, but to help you be a stronger body of believers. Guard my flock. Guard my flock. For wolves are coming upon them to pray. That's the call that every pastor has. And every one of us sitting here, as much as you know the word of God and when you recognize something is wrong, correct it with truth. No, that's not right. See, truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. We've got to have another great awakening. Read those articles you have on Eagle Saving Nations 1 and 2. We've got to have another great awakening. I'm trying to get the church into the national stadiums. And other, we've got to have another great awakening. We've got to have the power of God fall upon like at Pentecost so pastors can go forth with power and authority instead of fear and intimidation so they can become Peter after Pentecost. Instead of Peter prior to Pentecost, a coward who ran, hid, and lied. We've got to have another great awakening. That's the only thing that's going to save America. We've got to have it. Tonight after, I've got a great things to share tonight, including peace in the storm. We all need to understand how to have peace in the storm. Because I'm telling you, it's going to get worse. How do we have peace? Jesus had peace in the storm. He slept during the storm. Storms that sometimes are brought on by evil forces, marine spirits, other things. Jesus had peace. And the disciples were amazed. I remember in Uganda, Idi Amin had killed 500,000 Christians. Abode killed another 500,000. And missionaries were leaving. We went in and bought up things for penny on the dollar. And I remember sleeping in Kampala with guns shooting all around me. And my team would wake me up. Hey, Pastor, Pastor, can't you hear the guns? I said, yeah, but we're okay. We're okay. Nothing will touch us unless God allows it. Can you have peace in the storm? We want to talk a little bit about that because God wants you to have peace in the storm. Do you understand me? He wants us to have peace in the storm because a lot more is coming. I wish I could keep it from coming. Only the church can rise up and stop some of this. We need to know our authority, who we are. We need to have peace when we ride through the storm. We'll pray for people tonight, too. We will pray for people. You know, we always see tremendous healings. And like your, your apostle was, has been speaking on demons, and I told him a story where a lady came into our service, and she had a baseball-sized tumor, baseball. And uh, my wife whispered in my ear, Demons are dancing around her. So when the service was over, I called her up to sit in front. I had a couple people filled with the Holy Spirit start interceding. I cast demons out. They screeched and started running through the walls. And then I prayed for healing. And, and that tumor, size of a baseball, in front of everybody's eyes just disappeared. Gone. Gone. That tumor was brought on by a spirit of infirmity. We need to understand these things. Amen? 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 Because God wants you equipped. And, and like I said, you got a pastor. He, he's been preaching on the same things I did. And we did not even talk to each other until I invited him on my program. He said, yeah, I've been teaching on that too. Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Reuben, Lord. Thank you, dear God, that we can have peace in the storm. 
Thank you, dear God, that we can recognize raving wolves. Thank you, dear God, that we can be fully equipped, that we can understand our authority, Lord. Thank you that we don't have to be afraid, but we do have to be on guard. We have to be alert. We have to be vigilant. We need to be about our Father's business to extend the kingdom of God on earth, to extend it in Garnet, in Kansas, in other places this church reaches out to. Father God, let our influence become more and more and more an extension of God's kingdom on earth, moving with that authority, that power, that manifestation of the reality of God. Let us move their God with revival. Again, bless each person here. Let them come out tonight expecting a move of God like only God can move. And again, I say blessings, 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 blessings over this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott? Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years, Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the independence program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount. So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us. Because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7, and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, Together, we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360-629-5248. And say a short prayer for us in your message. And leave your phone number too, okay? So one more time, 360-629-5248. Thank you and God bless.